my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you listen. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. everybody welcome back to another edition of the mundane festival podcast i'm your host chris lamberth recording this episode for sunday november 19th 2023 remember as always you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus if you're really into this thing go over to apple podcasts or wherever you listen give this show a five-star review let everybody know why you like it because it's simply the right thing to do and if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival and subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 686. And for you guys, isn't this a beautiful thing? I'm not alone. I'm with my good friend, actor comedian singer broadway performer black father and the winner of the 2023 nyc web fest best pilot for his series rick younger presents the rick younger show starring rick younger as rick younger i wonder who who's who's my guest you're probably wondering who the guest is it's Rick Younger, everybody. Rick, how the hell are you, man? I'm all right, man. That was an impressive intro. I was like, man, that guy. Oh, that's me. It's like, <laughs> who's he? Who's he introducing? Sometimes you forget about yourself, like about what you've done. Then I, then you get an intro like that. You're like, oh man, I'm doing all right. Yeah, that that's what it's about, man. You have to, you have to count the wins. You have to, re- yeah, you, you have to. You know, I I have several. I call them uh, Al Bundy poke high moments where I'll talk. I'll wax poetic on a past mm-hmm. event of uh, 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 success in show business, like like when I played Albert in Bye Bye Birdie my senior year <laughs> in high school. Yeah, pretty great moment. The show was so good that the principal who had a guest spot guess guess like a walk-on role yeah gave us he gave us uh the monday off he gave everybody in the cast the monday off after we closed so you earned it take the day off exactly you know um it's funny because you know that best pilot in the nyc web fest just did that that you know that was last weekend i know and it was i'm man it was it was a great feeling 
has gotten us very excited about what's next for the sh- for the show. But it's so funny that what's next is a common question that people ask. And most of the people that ask it are people who aren't in the business. And it can be very frustrating because um, it's one of those types of questions where it's like, you don't understand that most of the time we don't know what's next. Right. And so when y'all ask us a question like, what's next? We're like, man, can I just be in this moment? Because I don't know what's next, you know? (laughs) Right. And so um, just choosing to be in that moment for a day or two. Sure. Before I start worrying about what's next was, you know, was great. I was like, and that's 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 the route I chose to take because it's like, I mean, it's no small feat to go to a festival and win an award. Um, so that is in and of itself a, a victory. Mm-hmm. And um, so much can come of it, even if that particular project doesn't get to be all that we want it to be. Now, we feel confident that it will, but um, still, it's still a great accomplishment, no matter what happens from this point forward. Right. And then you talk about that. It's like winning a thing, actually making a thing on your own, making something from your own uh, brain and your determination and the help of others in your cast and crew. Like, it's really good. You sent it to me. Okay, what was it like last year or? Yeah, I, I, I think I've said to you every iteration of it. So it's like, you know, with whatever changes have occurred, new animations and stuff like that. And so it's like, um, but I sent it to you pretty fresh off the press. And, yeah, um, and I told you, you know, it was really good. Thank you, man. And, um, you know, it's one of those types of things where for, for, for me, and I even made a post about it. It's like while waiting for other people to give me a job, I decided to give myself a job, you know, and that's kind of been the story of my career, you know, as a comedian um, and, and, and an actor, but probably more so as a comedian. But but, you know, just making my own opportunities, right. you know, uh, deciding that I'm going to produce things. And I know when I started. It was a, a over overwhelming belief that you're supposed to focus on one thing. So it's like, you know, if you were a comedian, it's like, look, no, I'm not producing shows. I'm a comedian. Put me on your show. But then it's like that attitude will have you angry and bitter waiting for people to give you a job. And it's right. like not like and to watch people produce shows who have, you know, who have no (laughs) quantifiable talent or intelligence. And you're like watching, you're watching this happen. They, you know, and they're not performers. They're just like people decided they wanted to be around. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like these people are doing things. I'm like, why, you know, I have the intelligence and the talent and capability to do it. So I'm not going to sit up here and become some type of purist that says I only perform. Or, you know, I'm also not a guy who was a singer who refuses to do karaoke. You know, it's like, yeah, it's it's. I love what I do. So I, I do want to create opportunities for myself because I want to do it as much as I, as I possibly can. Right. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, I, I think about that all the time where you go where you're booked and I, you yeah. told me you told me. uh a while ago 
maybe a couple episodes ago. I don't know if you're if you're how many times you've been on here. This might be the third. So maybe yeah, two more and you get your you get your jacket. All right. You get your gold like they do on SNL. <laughs> I don't know. I think what is it? The five timers club that they have? I forget what it is on SNL. Yeah. Something like that. But um, yeah, something like that. you're saying like how like rem- remember the people would that have worked with you. And if Ooh. you look back, it's like I was like, oh, shit, that is true. Like the people that have yeah. said yes. And you look at it and you're like, wow. And it's like, and it, it's it's a humbling thing when you do it. Like, I, I always I always think about like the art form, whether it be acting or comedy or whatever it is, it's always going to be bigger than us, the individual. Yeah. But it's always good to, um, when you have those victories, to celebrate them and to uh, cherish them, hold on to them. Yeah. Not let it get get you a big head or anything, but yeah. and it's really those things are as much as you say when you get something that you feel like you deserve. It's like I did deserve that, and it's also humbling too, you know. Yeah, well, you know, and you if you did it, you you have the right to be in it and be excited about it. So yeah. often, people are so worried about what people will think about them being happy about their own accomplishments and it's like you spend so much time trying not to you know trying to look good for other people trying not to be the guy who comes across a certain way because you know the people who are your people the people who support you they're with you no matter what and the people who have a problem with you are going to find a problem with you no matter what so it's like you know you don't want to be that person who has this wonderful life and career and you're miserable because you're always thinking about what's next, you know? And, and believe me, I have great ambitions and, you know, I'm always thinking about other things I want to do, but you got to take the time to appreciate the things that you do have and you have accomplished because otherwise you have no joy. Also, I mean, but my other thing is I also try to have a life outside of doing what we do. I mean, right. it's, it's, it's it's easier to have a life when you got two kids. Oh, sure. They're, they're going to make you have to do things other than stand up comedy, acting, singing, producing stuff. It's like, yeah, no, I got to I got to get up and get some kids to a bus. You know, OK, I got to sure. go pick up my daughter today to take her to the dentist. You know, it's like it's always something. Yeah, that's what I'm that I'm finding. I found in my mid middle age. Well, I always knew that I wanted like a relationship and possibly children, but I think just going for the, the just keeping your eyes on the prize isn't healthy and it's not living a complete life. Yeah. So I've been doing things and you and I've talked about it off mic about the ladies trying, trying, trying to, um, navigate all that um i'm i'm finding it that and i don't and i you you i'm finding that when you pursue something and you're ambitious and you're holding you have you have one one side of you is tethered to the real world with a day job that i think a lot of that a lot of the facade has been broken that a lot of people in show business have day jobs and then we just got (laughs) out of this 
118 day strike. And yeah. some people were like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I got this <laughs> one. I got one part on a TV show that was a big deal TV show, but I had did one day on it. And now yeah. I'm trying to figure out what to do when I'm doing with money. So it's like, it's like, yeah, it's this shit is hard. And I guess maybe yeah. a lot of people are getting more exposed to that. But at the same time, I find that, you know, on the dating apps, how women say, I want a man that's ambitious, who's following mm-hmm. his goals and dreams and who wants st- something out of life. And, and when you meet you, I, I met somebody recently and she said, oh, your career uh, outside your outside of your corporate career. I'm afraid of that. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid of your success. And I'm thinking, like, I got a long way to go before I get an <laughs> ego about being super successful. That's well, very, w- yeah. As as entertainers, you know, you know, thinking of people outside of entertainment as civilians. Yeah, they are. So many people think they know entertainment, and mm-hmm. they don't. And right. to be truly exposed to it, it really it becomes it. It can be a big thing for a lot of people to handle. For a couple of different reasons. It's like your life is totally different than theirs. You know, you're up and out and doing things when they're sitting at home and they're finished with their work day. And you also have um, the fact that uh, it can be an up and down thing financially. Right. Like, you know, I think we're learning more about the fact that just because people are popular and you see them on TV doesn't mean they're rolling in the dough. People think that. I think people think every time you're on TV, you make a million dollars. You yeah. know, it's yeah. like, and so it's yeah. like, oh no, um, I um, I am all, been on several TV shows. I've been on Broadway. Uh, you know, I, I'm all, and now that you know, I, I'm show, you know, showing that I'm having success creating things. You know, I, I know people think that that means that. I'm doing all right financially, and it's like mm-hmm. sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. Right, right. now, I'm not. Right. You know, it's like, um, but it's like, that's the other thing, trying to live a life and being a grown ass man and people have expectations of your finances and being in our field could very well mean that no, uh, my level of education and intelligence would dictate that I would be around people who are successful in the real world. <laughs> yeah, I should call it the real world because our world is real. But, you know, that's how people categorize it. But so like, you know. The kind of people you would be attracted to or will be attracted to you could actually be unattracted to you when they find out that, hey, this is an up and down thing. You know, the people, you know, people expecting you that every time things get a little rough that you're going to go get a, uh, you know, go get a construction gig or, you know, it's like it's not just that simple. It's like when Jeffrey Owens was working at Trader Joe's and they filmed them trying to make fun of him. And that was probably one of the best things that happened for his career. Know, right? Yeah, it's like uh, Tyler Perry uh, gave him a gig after yeah, that. Yeah, you can't stop him from working now. But it's yeah. but that's a real thing because he's like down the street from me in Montclair. He's from there. You know, he lives yeah. there at least. Yeah. And um, super talented guy and everything. He's working to yeah. take care of his family. Yeah. That, but, that's, you know, a, that's a manly thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It really is. And the thing about it is, like you said, he is a very talented, I mean, classically trained actor. Yeah. And um, 
sometimes you got to get the universe in motion by doing those humbling things. Right. Like I recently was working as a house manager uh, for an off Broadway, some off Broadway productions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, as I'm vacuuming the theater <laughs> and um, I was thinking about, man, I was on Broadway right now. I am vacuuming an off Broadway theater, but yeah. I didn't, but I wasn't looking at it feeling like down on myself. Sure. I had this, it actually was kind of like, it made me feel good that I will do what I have to do. Right. You know, and it, it put me in a, a situation where I'm a, around artists. And it's so funny because every once in a while, someone would come who know, knows my resume, as it were. And um, they would mention, oh, yeah, this is Rick. Oh, he's a very talented actor. And he's been on this and he's been on that. And it was so funny, like one time the uh, couple of the actors in one of the shows found out that I've been on Broadway. And so um, when he heard I was on Broadway, he said, oh, you do the same, you did the same thing you're doing here. I said, oh, no, no, I'm an <laughs> actor. Were, I do, we're vacuuming I on do Broadway. what you do. No, I, I originated a role on a Broadway show. I <laughs> vacuumed the floors of the August Wilson Theater. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's hilarious. And it was just like, you know, mind boggling to the the people. Yeah. That's the thing, man. I, you, you do what you have to do. Yeah. And, and like I said, like you humble yourself and when the opportunity arises, you're prepared for it. It's, I, I don't. Yeah. You made me think of something else. And I wanted to, I wanted to say, and I and I think I lost it. I had I've had a long day, but <laughs> but I think but I think I think that's a great point. Like you have to you gotta do what you gotta do, especially as yeah. a as a black man. You know, it's like um what and, and the thing is is that I grew up in a house, you know, with my parents where um there were times Matter of fact, a a large percentage of the time that my mother was was making more money than my father. Um, My mother was a a Baltimore City public school teacher. And my father, he he had he had a few different jobs, a few different careers or whatever. And um, so with him, there were times where he was making good money, was making more than my mother. But then there were times when he wasn't. But to see him be the man, you know, in the sense that, you know, it was never a thing where my mother made it seem like he was less than because he didn't have, didn't make the majority of the money. Right. And the whole idea that he had a role in this family that was very important, um, and it wasn't diminished based on how much money he made. So I am very much of the mindset that I have so much to offer in a relationship um, that doesn't is not dependent upon money. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but one of the main things is that a connection with someone doesn't cost a thing, right? You know, and when you have a connection with someone, you can say, "Hey." How about you come over and I fix us brunch 
or breakfast or dinner or whatever. And maybe we'll watch a movie. Maybe yeah. we'll, <laughs> who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll sing karaoke. I don't know. It's like, it's so many possibilities of things that we can do. But when you connect with a person, you're not worried about, oh, how much money do they spend on me? Oh, I'm not going to Cheesecake Factory for my first day. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you, you have yeah. you, you've seen this list of things where people talk about what you're, you know, things right. that they don't want to do on a first date. And one of the things on the list was go out for drinks. I'm like, I think going out for drinks is a great first date because yeah. I don't know you yet. Right, right. Why don't we go in a situation that, you know, where if things aren't going well after the first drink, we can be like, all right, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> Yeah, you can either choose to be, you know, cordial and tactful, or you can be like, "Hey, uh, can we all agree that there was no connection here today? Yeah, can we stop wasting each other's time, or you know, or whatever?" But it's like um, that whole idea that that's that money is such an important part of that. Mm-hmm. It's like it only becomes an important part if you really plan on being so serious with a person that what they bring to the table financially factors into your life. Right, right. And even then, it's like, I've been the broke guy, you know, before. And um, it's, you know, it's one of those types of things where, but I've never, I don't ask women that I date for financial assistance. So right. it's like, but if you can't stand to, to hear me talk about uh, my ups and downs, because it's not even about just that specific thing. It's it's more a matter of, hey, if we're going to be together, if we're going to share time together, um, then I want to not have to be all sunshine and rainbows. I right. want to be in a situation where I can share with you when things are rough. Yeah. Or when I'm just, you know, my anxiety's high or, you know, whatever. And and I, I don't know. I think sometimes people have a problem with with that possibility and they they think too far ahead. Yes. Or base, oh my god. Or base things on a red flag that they didn't notice with another person. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, the guy that eventually wound up being not shit early <laughs> in the relationship, he yeah. did X, Y, and Z. And just the other day, you did X, Y, and Z. So I'm going to have to say goodbye. It's like, yeah, just, well, you know, that's it's like. Well, th- this happened to me yesterday. Uh, so I, I matched with a woman on, on, an, on Hinge. And we talked. This was on a Sunday. We talked for like an hour. I was like, "Oh, she seems cool." And then, and then we we decided to go on a date, and we were gonna go on Wednesday. And we talked on Monday, and then we didn't talk on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then, just as I was about to text for, uh, um, I've been real busy. I'm real busy with work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and just as I was about to say, oh, let me text her and just confirm. Uh, I'll read you. I think I don't know if I'll read you what she wrote to me. This is what she texted me. Let me find it here. She said, hey, haven't heard from you. I hope all is well. 
I think that special spark you're looking for is out there. I wish you all the best in your search. <laughs> and I said, okay. I said, I'm not understanding. I was hoping that we were still meeting up tonight. I thought we were going to go to, I thought we were going to go to hula hands and have some, uh, I, I had my eyes set on the fish and chips and maybe a side salad. <laughs> I'd looked at the menu. I was like, Oh, that's what I'm going to get. She, she ruined your, you know, that opportunity that you had to get that menu item that you had your eye on. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I said, okay, I guess I can save some money. I, I went to Duluth trading company and got some new flannels that I can wear at the comedy cellar. I'll be there on, on Sunday, this today, if you're listening to it today. And, uh, so whatever, you know, but it's, it's, it's weird because I'm thinking like, Oh, we will talk on when, you know, when we go out. Yeah. yeah. But because, but she, I think she was, and then like it, hindsight's always 2020. And if you listen, I was listening to her and she was <laughs> saying the last time we talked that, Oh, my friend, I have a friend that's a musician and he says it's hard for him to date. So I'm like, okay, you're, you're just, you're just try preemptive, preemptively trying to end it uh, already. And then yeah. I wouldn't have even bothered to talk to her if the woman before her, who I had fun with, mm -hmm. was a real connection, like the first connection that I've ha really had mm -hmm. on the apps. And she was like, yeah, I think you're you're not going to be ready to date to really go get serious after my time frame. And we didn't discuss any type of marriage time frame because we'd only hung out three times. Right. Right. And and at, when we when she, she wanted to break up, she said she said, well, what's going to happen when you're in Texas? And I, I said, uh, I said, I'll I'll go do the shows. I'll get some money and I'll come back to you. Just like when I was in Florida the first week that we went out. And as soon as I landed, I took a nap and then I drove and I almost an hour to come see you. And I mean, he, so he, what you know, what does she think? She thinks that when you do a gig, that, that that's where you live now. Until I guess gig, she, I don't know. Does she think you're like you're like Kane and Kung Fu, just walking the world or whatever. I guess so. I mean, and and like, I think she just met me when my life was on a, a bit. My career was a, on a bit of an upswing. Uh, but the reality of it is, I went to Florida. I made a little bit of money. It wasn't that great, but I got work done. I got yeah. some really good work done doing shows and yeah. I, I had a good time and uh, that was it. Yeah. I, 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 I uh, fended off a drunk white woman and uh, second date, she told me, you know, she said, yeah, if we, if we make it, you're going to have to wear your wedding ring. <laughs> it's like uh I mean, if I'm married, why would I not wear my wedding? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. That's, so that's it's like, it, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and my perspective, you know, I've been married. And so it's it's just um, as far as I don't have that sense of urgency right. that and a person who's never been married has. Right. Um, so it's like, um, but it's like, I do understand that women who've never been married or women who 
want to be married because there are women who've been married want to be married again. Right. Um, I don't want to met one I of mean, those. I'm yeah. like most of the people that I've met who've been married could take or leave marriage. Right. They want a connection. You know, they they want a partnership and possibly a life partnership. The yeah. marriage part is not even like, you know, it's like, I think we're kind of at a place now where it's like, unless you're like extremely religious, you're kind of like, what is this whole institution of marriage that mm-hmm. is legally binding and, you know, so hard to get out of if you choose not to be in it anymore? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm kind of like, you know. Goldie Hawn and Kirk Douglas. Uh, is that Kirk? Is it? Is I think that, so. Is it? Yeah. Um, you know, Goldie Hawn and her man. Um, yeah. It's like Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, it's like um, they have been together forever, mm-hmm. and it's like they never got married because it's like they're like I don't want to be. I'm here because I love this person right. and want to be with them. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm making myself stay because of the complications of undoing this yeah. thing. Yeah, it's weird because I had one woman, the woman right before the woman I connected with, we just went out one time and and she was like, I have more followers than you. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh. she's like, she's like, you're she's like, and then she said, you're in entertainment and you you've you kind of you kind of had some success why aren't you dating anybody i was like well i'm trying to do that now (laughs) that's what i'm doing here yeah that's why i'm hanging out with you at this place and yeah it's just i i don't know it's just there's these mixed signals and they say that they want an ambitious guy who's nice and uh emotionally available all that stuff and it's it's just I, yeah, I just kind yeah. of felt sucker punched last week. Yeah, some but, of these things are buzz buzzwords. Yeah, that's true. There's there's a more specific thing that they they want, but they don't feel like they can say the exact specific thing. Like, I want a guy who is you know, ambition means that you not just the ambition, but you have as a result of the ambition, you have been rewarded financially. I and guess already, you are, you know, yeah. yeah. So you gotta already like, yeah. have that, yeah. Right. So it's kind of like, be, yeah, you can't be on the journey to that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just uh, it's kind of fascinating to me. Uh, it's all going in the act, <laughs> but it's uh, but yeah, like I, I I just found that fascinating. Just like okay, well, this person says I'm not this, and I'm not okay. Ooh. All right. But I think it just all maybe it's all just uh but it's a part of life. And I and I'm glad that I'm I'm glad that I am on this journey, Rick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know. So how how has it been like post strike? How do you feel about everything? I'm like, you know, I, I just kind of laughed at all the people who are like, let's get back to work as if the strike is over and they all got jobs. I'm like, yeah. you still gotta go yeah. and audition and get the parts. Yeah. Um, But I'm kind of, you know, I'm like, okay. um, I've been auditioning anyway. Commercials have been auditioning all along. So I've been, you know, and every once in a while I've I've gotten some um, some auditions for for movies that had the uh, the agreement. agreement Yeah. yeah, The interim agreement. So, you know, I'm like, 
I also have a commercial campaign that's running for White Castle. Yeah, they just you know they just sent a, um another holding fee, which means some more money is coming with that, and nice. that's going to be getting run some more. So, you know, I'm I'm you know I'm due to book something soon. It's just you know that's just the way it goes. Yeah, I, f- I feel the same way because it's easy yeah. to it's easy to be negative because I talked about it a little bit last week, just mentioning mm. how like it was great that it's over. And I, I some people can be really cynical. Oh, now everybody's just gonna gonna continue to work at the restaurants and bars, like all the actors and stuff. But yeah. I just said, hey, look, I'm not gonna be that way. I hope everybody that's not famous mm-hmm. can get to show what they can do and and book some stuff and yeah. be in the mix and get their insurance, get whatever they need. So I think there's 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 stuff out there. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I'll, I also have. Uh, I've I've been to some festivals, you know. Obviously, with Rick Younger presents the Rick Younger Show, starring Rick Younger as Rick Younger. We just won the best <laughs> pilot. Um, but I have another short film that I'm the lead in called Surf 'Em Up. It was just in um, the NY Shorts Festival, and it's going to be in the Yonkers Film Festival this upcoming weekend. Um, so it's like you know, those are always good too the opportunity to get out and network. The the other thing that's so cool about um, my experiences with the two films is that one I created, the other one was a direct offer um, and it was from the casting director who cast me in the Woody Allen series on Amazon back in 2016. And she's also a producer. So it's like, um, you know, so basically... (laughs) I get to hang out with her on a regular, you know, every time we, we, uh, we screen, you know, sure. it's, it's, so it's cool. It's like, um, and I have my other film, um, well, I have two other films. Um, one is called can't let it go, which just screened internationally. And, um, and then I have another film that, um, is coming out in theaters, uh, Valentine's day weekend called okay. love reconsidered. All right. So it's like I got work that's out there right now. And, um, you know, that whole work begets work. So sure. we're hoping that's, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that's good, man. That's good. All you can do. Are you looking at the game? Are you peeking over at the game? The game is right there and it's going on right now. I got it going. I got it going too on mute. Let me ask you this. So we're, we're, breaking the fourth wall we're recording this on a uh thursday night uh Bengals and ravens are playing uh why are they trying to make something out of joe burrow when they he hasn't won anything yet well you know he he, he fits the description he it's went like, to the super bowl but yeah yeah it's, well you know one of the things that they 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 you know the the idea of the the white quarterback the uh is they love it it's like every yeah. time you know like every time a brock purdy gets like gets his wings everybody's like yes you know it's like you know, we get to hold on it's because it, the thing is is that and then they hold on to old narratives for the black quarterbacks like you know the whole thing was lamar can't pass lamar has been sitting in the pocket first of all the two times he got injured he was in the pocket yeah. um the other thing is that now he's got like a 70% completion percentage and, and people still want to every, every little mistake is magnified. You know, it's yeah. like, 
the Ravens lost. They lost three games. And every game they lost, they could have won. <laughs> and I'll, matter of fact, one could make an argument. Every game they lost, they should have won. Yeah. But it's right. like he's not losing the leads. The defense is not making the stops in the fourth quarter and letting people come back. They scored 31 points the other the other, uh, last week. Mm-hmm. If you score 31 points, usually you can win. Against that Browns defense, too. Yeah. And it's like, so it's one of those types of things where it's like, you can't, some some things you can't put on the quarterback. The quarterback is not on the field at all times. If the defense, like, I was watching one of the sports shows, and they said, the Browns got the ball with like five minutes left, and the Ravens never got the ball again. Your defense can't let the other team have the ball for five straight minutes at the end of the game. And you, you know, because it's like Lamar never got the ball back to try to make a comeback after they scored the winning points, you know. So it's like, it's very frustrating that, you know, Lamar, first of all, has already won an MVP. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, the guy can run. The guy's fast, you know. It's like he can save himself with his legs. Yeah. But. It's like his 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 game has evolved. Right. And it's like and people, you know, are like not acknowledging the 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 evolution. And he and, he was um, he was a pocket passer in college. That that's how he got the Heisman. That's how he won. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like uh you know, it's like even with even with the success of black quarterbacks, there's only one black quarterback who's in the Hall of Fame, Warren Moon. That's crazy. You know, and it's like, um, like I personally think Doug Williams should be in the Hall of Fame. Just and, off the strength of winning the Super Yeah. But also because and he was a great of the player fact, in the uh, sorry, yeah, and also because of the fact that he he always had it's like the, the short leash black quarterbacks have been on. So, like, yes. he comes out, he plays with Tampa Bay, and, like, his highlight reel from Tampa Bay is unreal. I remember, yeah. like, every week he's throwing, like, long bomb completions and, you know. Pocket guy. Yeah. You know, and, but then he loses, you know, he loses a job or whatever. Then he comes to the Redskins. He gets the job there. And, you know, he had to fight for everything. But it's like, he his accomplishments is just you know in spite of that yeah you know it, you, yeah I think I think you can't take you can't take him out of that you have to you have to consider it along with the way that black quarterbacks especially at that time he's definitely a pioneer in the black quarterback world yes. because you know he was starting at a time when it was just like it just didn't happen because I think of people like James Harris. Who was you know he was like a backup, I believe what for the Rams for a lot of years, and it was just like you know also similar story came from Grambling like like Doug Williams could play the position, but it's like they just wouldn't give <laughs> you know black quarterbacks a chance back then. So Doug Williams was like the Jackie Robinson of it all, you know, as far as actually breaking through and doing it and then 
achieving the highest level by winning a Super Bowl and being the MVP in that Super Bowl. But yeah. then you also have people like Michael Vick, who, you know, I know everybody, you know, white folks like to dwell on the whole dog thing. Yeah. Um, but then he comes back from that, adjusts his game, and plays lights out in a, with a, you know, with a, an evolved and adjusted game. Yeah. You know, Steve McNair. Yep. Cam Newton. Randall Cunningham. Doug McNabb. Uh, Donovan McNabb. McNabb. Um, I loved him. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's just very frustrating, the short leash. It's, it's, yeah. it's like it's like being a black coach. Yeah. And speaking of, of Doug Williams, I mean, because that was the first Super Bowl that I really remembered. 88? Was mm-hmm. it? And so I'm yep. I'm I'm seven years old when they won. So I, I would have been and so and I remember being being in the area back then. Oh yeah. With the Man, that was crazy. It with the people wearing those 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 sweatshirts and shirts with his big, you know how they make those big caricatures. Oh yeah. And, and I thought like, oh, well, this is this is normal. But then right. for me to have to wait until I'm an adult to see Russell Wilson get one. Right. And then lose one the next yeah. year, which I'll oh my god, just give it to yeah. fucking Marshawn Jesus. I know that that one was like, what the hell, y'all overthought that because first of all, he got you down there and he was on a yeah. roll. Yeah, I mean, and, and it wasn't, and it wasn't even like it was, it wasn't, it was like early downs, it and they like, wouldn't treat him like shit. Thing. They wouldn't be, even though they're not that great in Denver. He's not that great in Denver, but like. Well, this year he's he, doing—he's actually he, doing pretty well. He's doing. It's he's, like they're—they're they're still talking. They're still talking about last year. Right. Look at his stats this year. <laughs> it's like his stats are actually pretty good this year. He's it's a hall like, of famer. It's like it's like Denver is, has taken a minute to kind of get themselves on track. So yeah. those first few games and not doing well and losing or whatever. Um, and the fact that they they gave up seventy points to the Dolphins was, oh my as, God. but the thing that look, people don't think about it doesn't matter. Seventy points is still one win. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like you can get yeah, all those true. points you want, and yeah. it's like it hasn't made it hasn't it didn't give the Dolphins no extra wins. They are still right there. You know, it's not like hey you. You're the only team to score 70 points this year, so you get to be number one, even though you've lost three games. No, um, it's but you know, I always trip off of the uh, ESPNs of the world, the NFL networks, the Fox Sports, all that. It's like yeah. I know they have meetings where they're like, okay, this is what we're going to talk about, but it's like the 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 way that one week. They, it's, it, I guess it's the hyperbole for me. It's like how they talk about somebody does something, and now that that person is the MVP. Yeah. Then the next week they lose. It's because I'm like I'm always like last week they talked too nicely about about Lamar, and I was like, oh man, I, I had a feeling. I was like, I I don't want you know obviously I want the Ravens to win every week, but yeah. I was like I don't feel good because they're being liked too much. Oh sure, sure. And so, of course, then this week they're like, "Do you trust Lamar Jackson?" And I love that that you know, like Dan Olowski was like, 
Lamar Jackson did not let another team have the ball for five minutes at the end of a game. It was like yeah. the defense has to do stuff. It's like he can't do it all. Right. And like people do these, they act like the quarterbacks are playing each other. No, they're playing each other's defenses. And so it's like, you know, they get all into this whole thing every week where, you know, one week it's like the Cowboys are the greatest team ever. Then they lose and like, oh my goodness. Oh, they're they accident Dak. waiting to happen. It's like they hate Dak. Yeah. I he was balling out last week, but it he's was been balling out the, for, for a minute now. He's just a he's just a solid he's he's just uh He's an above average quarterback. Yeah. And, and, and I mean it's not enough for some people. Yeah. Well, who, the other who are you gonna get? Some people have the said that. that the, the thing that trips me out is um is how everybody's disrespecting the Eagles. They've only lost one game. Yeah. And people, it's like, I don't know what you it's like they are beating everyone that comes in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, is, is there some type of different differential that you want in the score that would make you feel I like, hope Lamar's okay. not hurt. Yeah. I'm like, let go of his leg, dude. I hate that shit, man. It seems like they try to hurt these black quarterbacks. Yeah. That's one thing I'm irrational about. One of the few things <laughs> them trying to hurt these dudes. Yeah. He'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think like with Josh Allen, like now, like, I guess maybe it's the Madden curse, but <laughs> I, I I did say like maybe late, late summer that he's my favorite white quarterback because he's dating Haley Steinfeld. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if he's still dating her, but um, he's still my favorite. But yeah, like that, that's a problem. He's a problem. Now they're, now they're trying to, because Stefan Diggs, I guess, apparently doesn't want to play there anymore. Yeah, his brother's up there tweeting. Yeah, like so, fourteen got to go. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know, man. From? Like, he's uh, from he's from the area too, ain't he? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did, I'm trying. Did he go to Maryland? I think he did. Wait, wait, wait. Let yeah. me. Let me. Or he's from. He he's from Maryland. He went to. He's from Gaither. Yeah, he went to the. He was. We went to. Uh, College Park. Yeah, yeah. He's from Gaithersburg. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a wait. That's a it's a waste. A waste of talent being out there. I know. I'm pretty certain he doesn't want to go to to play for the Redskins. No, then they be they treat him like shit. D. Andy Klein always said DC doesn't know how to treat stars. Yeah, didn't know how to treat Chris Webber, RG three. Just well, like the list goes on and on, and it, it's crazy because it's the place is predominantly black, yet the, the, these all these black athletes get no love. But you know, weird, it's fucking weird. But the history of the Redskins because their owner was very racist. They were the last team in the NFL to integrate, and that's why my dad never liked them. He, yes, he would always, I know, yeah, I know so many black men your father's age who yeah. will never be Ra- Redskins fans because of that. Because he said he said they had what what's his uh that's why he was a Cowboys fan, and they was it what's what's the what's the owner the old owner Griffith uh, who was it Griffith no 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 yeah. the owner uh 
he had him singing, trying to sing Dixie songs. Who was that? Oh, oh shit. That's bad. I can't remember that. But he said he Jack never. Cook? I think it might have been Cook or before him. Well, Griffith was the owner who was notoriously racist. Uh-huh. Because remember, uh, they used to, they the stadium was Griffith Stadium. Was Bobby Taylor a Redskin? Um, that sounds familiar. God, what is that guy's name? Griffith Stadium in Washington, D.C. Um, from 1911 to 1965. Okay. Um, no, it's not Bobby Taylor. Somebody will get it. Somebody probably yelling right now. I forget the guy's name, but they were tr- they tried to make yeah that that's one of that's the main reason why he never. It's not like he loved seeing Doug Williams win, of course, but I would always joke with him and say he secretly did like the the Redskins now yeah. the now the Commanders because he watched them all the time. He's I like to see him get beat. Clark Calvin Griffith, nicknamed the Old Fox, was an American Major League Baseball. Guinness. Maybe that's him. He retired as a player. Um, is this? Hey, let me go back. Is it? But they were super racist. Um. Yeah, yeah, they were like super, very yeah, super racist, and um, they were um. I mean, they went out of their way to not. Yeah. Know, you know. Yeah, yeah. So but that's I mean, why you know, all know. those. I mean, that so many people got left behind because of their, <laughs> you know, refusal to budge on that. So, right. You know, right. That's what you get. Yeah. Grass get. And they just, I don't like how they treated RG three. That's the you know I was with them when he was there. Yeah. And yeah. it just seems like the players didn't like they were jealous. Any other team, you're not jealous of your quarterback. Your quarterback's going to be your quarterback's going to have the subway commercials. You know what I mean? Right, right. I don't I don't under, I I just obviously it's because it, he's black, but man, I did not I did not get it. <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes, like they try to make this rivalry between him and Joe Burrow. It's like yeah. He's one two Super Bowls almost had three so it's like there's not there's not a rivalry when you win all the time that like watching that quarterbacks documentary that Peyton Manning and I guess Peyton Manning produced Uh, it's like it's ridiculous and you I'm watching it and you know what's gonna happen and it's like yeah Patrick Mahomes this is he's great And his, and I'm his, trying to I'm trying to find out to see in in this Wikipedia if they talk about his racism. It's uh, like but, they try to make somebody sing sing Dixie, and he wouldn't do it. I, I forget what what the guy's name, but it was like a famous famous Redskins like black player. Yeah, back in the day, it's before Doug Williams and Ricky. Sanders and Gary Clark and all them. And I used to like them. I we had we had reds we had redskins paraphernalia in at home, like because my mom would uh she uh worked at a lithograph company and they printed 
you know, it's like you used to have those football cards and stuff. She she did that stuff, and there was you know there was stuff uh, around, but I just kind of liked players. And then when the Cowboys were obviously kicking everybody's ass in the nineties, I mean, we were, you know, we were fans. Emmett Smith and yeah, Irvin. I mean, I pretty much hated the Cowboys as long as I can remember. Yeah, it started. It started back. You know, it's and it's like it was a shame because I wanted to like Tony do a set. Right, but right, right. He was a cowboy. He was <laughs> nice. You know, he's a bad um, man. Yeah, um, the, I was trying to. You had me thinking about something. The. I think back then, like I just kind of enjoyed. I just enjoyed players, and I, I don't. I never was really like my dad always appreciated great players, like like yeah. Lawrence Taylor and stuff. So yeah. I never had the the obsession. I loved the games, but I just never wow. had the obsession with the team like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the Colts left in the middle of the night, and so yeah, I was like. I was teamless. Well, not right. actually, actually teamless because my first game I ever watched with my father was Super Bowl XI. Uh, it was the Raiders versus the Vikings. Okay. And so it was like, I was like, who you want, Daddy? He was like, uh, I'm, I'm going for the Raiders. I said, okay, I'll take the Vikings. <laughs> well, you were opposite I, your dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, let's make this a fun little How old you know. were you? Um. Less than ten years old. I kind of went with who my dad went. With. I was like eight. I was like about eight years old. Seven. I, I went with who my dad was with until maybe about about your maybe about your I like maybe about that age ten. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like somebody. Just, yeah, it was like it wasn't. I knew it wasn't like our home team. So it was right, like, right. Like, so let's compete. So okay, so I, I see was, what you're saying. Plus the Vikings, the, uh, the colors, man, the purple. They had Purple's great colors. My favorite color. That helmet is nice. So was it Tarkenton? Like, yep. Okay. Okay. Sammy White, Ahmad Rashad, Chuck oh, wow. Foreman. You yeah. know. Um, and so um obviously the Vikings lost because they've never won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but they became my team at that point. Um now, mind you, they never have gone back to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, it was just a couple of years ago where I was like, maybe I'm the jinx. <laughs> you know, because I started watching them the last time they went to the Super Bowl, rooted for them, they lost, and they haven't been back since. And they've had some seasons where they were 15 and 1. Warren Randall Moon. Cunningham at quarterback. Randall. You know, they had that year when Brett Favre was quarterback. I think they were either 15 and 1 or 14 and 2. Um, you know, they've had a couple of years where it's like they were the best team and lost in the playoffs. And, you know, I know the you team Vikings guy. Yeah, they 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 lost to Atlanta and Atlanta got whooped in the Super Bowl. It was like if um if Minnesota would have gone, now that would have been a good Super Bowl. I think it was they were against the Broncos, I believe. But <laughs> You know, um, so that was like, so I had a period of time where 
you know, it was like, okay, I guess I'm going to like the Vikings. And I think I I kind of was like, well, the Redskins are close. So I was kind of like, Redskins were secondary. But once I went to college down there, Redskins fans are hard to, um, hard to oh, look at. So, oh, they're crazy. Yeah, so crazy. it was kind of like they kind of – I mean, I was for them, and they were winning, and the fans were so obnoxious. So I, by the time yeah. they got to the postseason, I was just like, oh, man, I'm so tired. <laughs> I was they thinking, had that, they had that song to the tune of my mind's playing tricks on me. Oh, uh, it, what's it's a comic, right? Can't, Chris the Paul? Skins can't lose on me. No, that uh, I actually used to sing uh, the risk on the risk and songs with Chris Paul. You did? This was, yeah, this is before. Oh wow, Chris was on the radio. Oh, that was so cool because he used to. Yeah, every week we would. Uh... Oh yeah, I mean, I've probably Listen. sung on like all those songs that you. Oh shit! Full, full circle moment. Wow. Yeah, I would Chris anticipate all that shit. Chris is a good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, Matter of fact, we're not talking he, about the, the the nut punching punching basketball player. We're talking about no. comedian comedian Chris Paul from the D.C. area. He also what is what does he do? Uh, he's what on the Tom Joyner Morning Show. Okay. Now. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been enjoying football because I, I did pay for the NFL ticket. And uh, I've, I've just been – it's the first couple weeks were pretty intense because uh, <laughs> it was just really daunting. And and I don't play fantasy football, so it was just felt like a I was bombarded. But I'll go to – I'll switch to the the uh, the red zone. I paid – I think I paid extra for the red zone and then uh, – I'll do the uh, if I want to watch a full game, I'll watch, I'll switch to it. But I do like it. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> football is great. What else can we talk about? I think we we can wrap it up in a bit, man. This yeah. I mean, I always like I like shooting the shit. I think we did some good work. We talked about <laughs> the, the performing arts. We talked yeah. about dating a little bit and yeah. uh, football. I mean, we used we used to talk about whatever shows we're watching or whatever. Oh yeah, what show? Like the the best thing that I can remember that I watched because there's so much stuff uh-huh. is the other black girl. On yeah, Hulu. yeah, I love I, that. I, I like that. Yeah, you know what else I watched? Average Joe. Uh, okay, the, the is it good? I liked it. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna check it out because yeah. I got the Paramount Plus. I think it all yeah, kind of all encompassing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, I'll check um, it out. Oh, you know what I've been watching? Just started watching um, Fellow Travelers. What's that? That's, um, let me see if I can pull it up. Um, Fellow Travelers. What is it on? It's on Showtime. Okay. And uh, it's, it's a miniseries? No, nah, it's a series. Is this the and, gay uh, thing? Yeah, yeah. That's bad. I shouldn't have said that. Well, it is, but that's what it is. It's, it's like it's you didn't say you didn't say it like. You, is you it fucking it's gay? gay? Oh, <laughs> it's it's like yes yeah, about the the uh, the the gay. They're they're gay back during the the whole McCarthy Red Scare, you know, anti homosexual thing okay. that was going on, and it 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 goes back and forth between that time and then the outbreak of AIDS. And Allison James um, is in this. Matt Bonner, Matt Matt Balmer. What else is he? Yeah. 
I mean, he was in uh, Magic Mike, White Collar. Okay. Yeah, White Collar was where we first. So met. this is good. The- yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, now uh, if you have a problem with boy on boy action, then no. You know, I mean, which I don't. I'm, I'm like, you know, I, it's, you know, I would dare say it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hot. <laughs> I own, I own like, Moonlight. Yeah. I've I've seen it's like if you, Moonlight if, if is you, a hard Moonlight is a hard watch not because it's yeah. gay it's just because it's it's just fucking heavy yeah, I just have yeah. yet to watch that with uh, Barry Jenkins's commentary it's just a heavy yeah. movie it's not heavy in the way that Requiem for a Dream is but it's heavy Ooh. there's yeah. epi- there's like episodes of uh, the Shy that have gay stuff in it yeah well you know the, you have the mothers. The, you know, yeah. Um, I don't even think. Oh, you know. Okay, America, Americans, we're like really prudish because I yeah. saw this movie that I, I did enjoy um, at one of my favorite theaters in the area, mm-hmm. um, the Claridge in uh-huh. uh, Montclair. This movie called the Pack called Passages, and it's a foreign uh-huh. film. They had some really good straight sex and some really intense gay sex. Right. <laughs> so it was like it was equally like it was equally like should I, it was, should I be it was watching something this? for everyone. Yeah, it was something for everybody. And for both, I was like, uh, should I I don't know if I should be watching this. <laughs> just because it was so it was so good, you know, it was so intense. I'm just saying that the boy on boy action and fellow travelers is the kind of stuff that could possibly get something started if you were watching it with a woman. Really? Yeah. Huh? You be like, you like, look what they doing. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, that's maybe. funny. <laughs> you know? I did, I did, um, I did see the trailer for that Showtime. I, I guess I still, I have it. I do have it through Paramount, so mm-hmm. I'll add it to the list. There's just so much, man. I, I started watching. Yeah. Loki. I'm on episode four of that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I've never, I've never watched Loki. Um, it's fine. I mean, I, I, when uh, Jonathan Majors popped up, I was like, damn, he's good. Damn and they, oh, what do you think about that? What do you think about like the whole Marvel upheaval where they're getting rid of the Kang the Conqueror? Obviously, I know the drama with with Jonathan Majors and stuff like that. But for that vari- that variety piece that came out a couple weeks ago, I was kind of like, no, no, I wasn't kind of like, mm-hmm. you cannot blame the failure of Ant-Man on Jonathan Majors. That is total bullshit. He was the best thing about that. Yeah. Well, you movie. know, it's like, I guess when they decide they want to have a problem with somebody, so it's just way easy to just like, okay, let's just uh, decide that we um going to make everything that's a problem about him. Yeah, and then they shelved that magazine dreams movie that's supposed to be really good. Just as a fan, I'm just kind of, I'm just bummed out about that because I heard really good things about it, and everybody was raving over it at Sundance, and now I don't get to see it. So I'm kind of bummed out about that. But are you are you excited about anything this Oscar season, award season? at all mm, i can't i mean i haven't seen a lot of movies it just kind of started anyway yeah most of what i have seen has been television yeah 
I mean, I, I'm excited about American Fiction. That that movie. That uh, um, oh my god, wow. What is wrong with me, Jeffrey Wright? I thought I was gonna have to look that up. I would have been really upset with myself. Do you ever do you watch what we do in the shadows? No. Yeah, that that's pretty funny. I hear uh, that's really good. It's the FX show, vampires, and yeah, pretty funny. So yeah. I've been that that's something that I've been watching. Okay. Um, I've been catching up with the morning show on Apple. I finished Apple, that. Apple has some good stuff. Um, Apple is coming. That they they, they, love, raised, they they obviously love Rose Byrne. And I they don't mind. Two, and I love Rose Byrne as well. He's the lead in two shows on Apple: Platonic the, and Platonic and Physical. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Physical. And, but I know. have but I have checked out some good movies on Apple. Um, Which one? Preston, um before I get to Apple, the burial, I just watched the burial was I thought that Jamie was fantastic. Fox. I love yeah. it. Classic 90s courtroom drama. The Classic. other thing I I I uh throwback. I started watching Peaky Blinders. Okay. Um, so Netflix series. Um yeah. and it's what's the name of this? It's a it's a movie about a mother who um she's been having problems with her son and they wind up working on music together. And it's the kind of, it's the thing that brings. Is that good? Like Flora's Flora, son? Or Flora and her son. Flora and her son. Okay. Um, that's what so I, I saw that. that. So that's and good. I not, I, yeah. I did not realize okay. Flora and son. I didn't realize that the, the woman playing lead is Bono's daughter. Oh, yeah. nepotism, nepo baby. Yeah, it's like you know, she's saying I've seen her in other stuff. Um can she say I, I mean I, I here's the thing is that I also Joseph Gordon Levin is in it. Um I wasn't even paying attention to the singing because that was a small part of what she did. Okay. But she yeah, she could sing. Cool. You know, that I mean, that's been I that is on my list. I I saved it to my watch later and it, yeah, it keeps but, popping you know, up. So I'll I'll definitely check it out. But you know she's got she's got quite a few credits, you know. Okay. And you know, obviously she is Bono's daughter, but it's like you know it's obviously because Bono goes by Bono. Yeah. And her name e- Eve Hewison. Eve Hewison. Hewson. Hewson. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's her mother's last name. Is that her mother's last name? Okay. Yeah. And so it's like um, one of those types of things where um, it's not like in your face that this is her daughter that you know yeah yeah but if you do some digging that's cool i'll i'll check that out because it's definitely been staring at me staring me in the face apple is strong is is coming up with some strong stuff like that's why they raise the prices man everybody everybody the old bait and switch and you're in too deep at that point it's like damn it right Somebody's yeah. always gonna have something come up. The minute you think you're gonna cancel something, the show that you like oh, is coming back. <laughs> you so. try to, you try to like certain things. You try like <laughs> first wives club. I would wait until they accumulated a full season, and then I would do <laughs> the uh, the seven day <laughs> trial and binge. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I. 
I, I'm like that with, I, I try to do that with only murders in the building, but yeah. they got to the point where people would be trying to spoil stuff. And yeah, I, I, I just watched week to week. I think I banked a couple of episodes, then just mm-hmm. watch week to week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I think we're good. I think we've done some great work here, Rick. All always, right. All right. It's always good to shoot the shit. I'm going to let you get, get, uh to this game to put your full uh attention on our on on uh, on lamar jackson um do you have any upcoming shows that you're doing where we can well you know folks can come i have I, I have uh actually I just i just have the screening of uh circle muck at the um at the yonkers film festival when is that uh, sunday sunday jane sunday November nineteenth at four p.m. Oh, great! So, so it's gonna morning. it's gonna be this this week. Yeah, well, it's gonna and, be today. Uh, it's today as we yes, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, on yeah. I'm back in Baltimore with the Powell Younger Project on December thirtieth. You guys had a great. Um, I love you guys' rendition of "Get Lifted." Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I, I love that. I love doing it. Well, you know, it's like I'm singing with my cousin. And, and my friend Tevin, our homies have gotten really tight. Yeah, yeah. I've sung obviously some of my cousin my whole life, but Tevin, man, it's been about ten years now. So it's like, you know, you know, we sing with somebody after a while, it really starts to get tight. Yeah, yeah. That's one that was like, oh, Rick's doing his thing. But then when I, you know, I'll, I'll peek in on the stuff you're doing, and but that one, I was like, holy shit, that because yeah. that's like one of those John Legend records. That's like, yeah, that's a great jam. It's yeah. not that he doesn't have great jams, but it's just like he's not my go-to guy. Right, right. To that stuff. He's he's super talented. I think he's great, but it's just. I like, mean, I think he's kind of known more for the, the ballads. The ballad. So, he's a balladeer. You know, yeah, but it's like he has some. He has some good. Um, you know, under the radar jamming things. Right, because a taste thing for me is just the mid, the mid tempo jams for me. Yeah. I'll, I can always appreciate somebody that's going to sing their ass off, but the mid tempo jams are the ones that I enjoy <laughs> the most. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. Rick, this is always a pleasure to have you on and to shoot the shit with you. Everybody, uh, thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you all next time. Take it easy, everybody. Thank you, Rick.